by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Okay, in Luke chapter 10, verse 21, it says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. One thing about that passage of Scripture I'll see right off the bat is that it mentions the Holy Trinity. Did you see that? He said, it says, Jesus rejoiced, and he rejoiced in the Spirit. And you see the Spirit is capitalized, so that means the Holy Spirit and then he says, Father. Some people say, well, I don't see Trinity in the Bible, the word Trinity in the Bible, but it's all in the Bible. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's who we believe. But what we're going to re- talk about today is why did Jesus rejoice? Well, if you go back just a little bit, you see Jesus chose 70 disciples and he sent them out two by two to go witness, to go share the gospel to go make disciples. He sent them out to do the great commission, to go into all the world and make disciples. Now, here they've come back after a time, and they're all excited. Guess what? You doing the great commission will get you excited. It'll cause you to rejoice. Jesus saw what it had done for them. He knew what it had done for the community. And it says, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. Say rejoiced. Y'all going to help me today. In that hour, it says, Jesus rejoiced. I looked up that word rejoiced, and in the Greek, it's the word I can't pronounce. It is A-G-A-L-L-I-A-O. Agalio, I guess. It's the Greek word agalio. And I love this. The definition is to jump for joy. Can you imagine? The disciples come back. Jesus, even the devils were trembling and they were leaving when we cast them out and we were healing the sick and we were delivering folks and we were telling them about you. They want to come with us and be disciples. Jesus said, hallelujah. We see Jesus carrying a little lamb. Just a little frail man. You know, that's, that's the pictures we have of him. It said Jesus jumped for joy. Woo! This ain't a little rejoicing. This is a lot of rejoicing. It says it it means to jump for joy, to exalt, to be exceedingly glad with exceeding joy. This is not just a regular joy that I'm just glad to be here today. No, this is a joy that makes you jump. And I bet the disciples saw Jesus jumping. They started jumping too. Woo! Everybody running pews around here. Somebody is excited about the Great Commission. And right here it says it's Jesus. Today's message is entitled, What Gets Jesus Jumping? 
And hopefully before this message is over, you'll be jumping. Because you're what gets Jesus jumping when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. How would you like to cause Jesus to jump? <laughs> I think about Stephen down there. They're stoning Stephen to death for preaching the gospel. And he says, Father, forgive them, just like Jesus did from the cross. He, he says, I see this Jesus standing. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, but when Stephen was willing to lay down his life for his, God, for his Lord and Savior, Jesus stood, he jumped up. We want to make Jesus jump for joy in our lives. Didn't we just confess that we're, we're giving our lives as a living sacrifice? Come on with it. You didn't know that you came to the aerobics class this morning, did you? Man, we'll get a hold of this. We'll all get in shape. What gets Jesus jumping? It's disciples making more disciples. And I'm just going to go ahead and spill the beans right here. If you call yourself a disciple and you're not making other disciples, you're not really a disciple. All right, that's it for you, Pastor. We're requesting another pastor. I'm sorry. But that's the truth. Jesus raised them up to send them out. You walk with Jesus, you got to be making more disciples. You got to be producing fruit. You got to be growing the kingdom. You got to be advancing. It's what Jesus does. You remember when he said he left the 99 to go find the one? In Luke 15, 5, it says, when he found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. I found my lamb. And he didn't just say, lamb. Just wanted to make sure you're all right and go back to the 99. He put him on his shoulders and he carried him back, and that's discipleship. You got to put somebody on your shoulders and bring them back into the fold or bring them into the fold one way or another. When do we rejoice? The Bible says we rejoice bringing in the sheaves. Isn't that a scripture? What are the sheaves? The harvest. The sheaves of the harvest. You ain't got any rejoicing in your life. You're not bringing in the harvest. You're not, making, you're not a disciple making more disciples. And on that note, I just want to celebrate for a moment. Could I have the leaders of our current life groups to come up to the front for a minute? I just want to acknowledge the hard work. Y'all just stand across the front right here. Anybody been blessed by their ministry this semester? By the hard work that they have done? Mario's not here and Greg is not here. But other than that, you're representing, Thomas is representing. Now, you know, it may look easy what they do, but that's just because they're professionals. 
They were trained extensively, not just to host a fellowship, but to help grow you as a disciple. They know what they're doing. Did they do it? Absolutely. Was it a hard semester? Was it difficult because of COVID? Was the numbers down? Could it be discouraging at times because some people didn't sign up for a life group? I know it did. I know it was. But not one of them was unfaithful to have their groups and to carry on. And even if it was just one person there, make a difference in that life. And Jesus said, if you're faithful with a little, I'll make you ruler over much. And I just wanted to bring them before you as the, as the semester has ended and say, this kind of dedication is what makes Jesus jump for joy. You guys can be seated. <laughs> Nicholas, come here. I'm going to get Nicholas. Tell us what's next for life groups. Thank you, Pastor. And everybody out here, y'all all deserve a hand clap, too, because you kept coming even when we might have told you, hey, don't come this week or we're only going to be online this week. You kept coming to Sunday morning. You kept coming to the life groups. So all of you guys persevered just as much as these leaders. So thank you to everybody doing that. So we always take a few weeks off in between each of our life groups. That's just so you can spend time with your family and you can nobody gets wore out or anything. So we're going to take a break over the Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays. And on December 19th, we're going to begin our online signups again, okay? There's going to be five groups. All five of these groups are going to be at different times and different days of the week. It's five different days of the week. Three of them are at nighttime, two of them in the morning. So there is a life group for each and every single person. There's one that's going to work for your schedule, and there's one that's going to, you're going to want to be a part of it, and they're going to become your family members, and you're going to love it. So there's a life group. For everybody and we're going to start those groups on january 4th the first week of january okay and i believe that's it if you want to lead a group uh you can come talk to me at any time or you can talk to your group leader if that's something you're interested in you want to uh put more into making disciples like pastor said if we're a disciple that we're making disciples you can do that in a lot of different ways but one way you can do that is through leading a life group and we'd love to help you and see you do that thank you nicholas a wonderful coach. Mary's a wonderful coach. Uh, if you want to uh, lead a life group, absolutely. We will train you. We're not just going to throw you out there. You're going to know what you're doing. You're going to be confident like this group was, and you're going to have co good coaches that's going to help you every step of the way. And uh, our life groups are not just for our church. They're for inviting your friends and your family to. They're for the people watching on the live stream, people uh, in our community. They're open to everyone. We just want to reach our community with these. And, and I think our focus this next semester is going to be just that. We want our life group leaders to invite your fr friends, family, neighbors, and then we want the people in the group to do the same. So it's a good thing. It's making disciples. Uh, life groups is not just a program that we have. It's, it's not a little part of what Passion Church does. It is what we do. And you're, it's not going away. We believe this is how God has shown us to move forward. If he's spoken anything to my spirit during this COVID stuff, when we were online only and stuff, it's that we're going to get back to a grassroots church where people are, are meeting face-to-face -face with people, the fellowships, the, the bonds, the friendships, and we're going to be that church where people say, uh, they must have been with Jesus. Because look at their love for one another. And they're going to want what we have, this, this community that God develops 
between the brothers and sisters of Christ, and we're going to get back to our grassroots. The word he keeps giving me over and over is organic. Our growth is going to be organic. It's going to be from within as we as individuals uh, just come together as one. We do things here on purpose. You can look at our banners, and we're going to talk about some of them today. It's going to be sort of a teaching. Um, some of you is going to say, I've, I've heard all that. I know all that, but I'm just reinforcing it. And some of you haven't heard this, and you need to get on the wagon with us, so to speak. And so we're going to talk about those things. But everything we do here at Passion is on purpose, and it's to, to accomplish the Great Commission. I mean, it's great for a reason, right? It's the last thing Jesus told us before he left. He wanted us to do the Great Commission. He didn't say just, y'all just stay in church and, and uh, huddle up together. He said, go. There's a time to come to church to get filled up so that you can go. Before I preach my whole message, uh, let, me, let me just show you guys. Can the camera follow me? Put Josiah to the test. <clears throat> all right, we talk about this banner all the time. And this banner is written from, from your perspective. This is what you do. This is the, the process of becoming a disciple. First, you've got to know God. Right? You've you got to get saved or you can't be a disciple. But you, you, you know God. Then you say, hey, I'm kind of jacked up. Sin has messed my life up. It's got all these things going on in my life that, that's causing bad things to happen. You, and, and the light of God's word begins to show you, you've got to get rid of that. So you begin to find freedom from the bondage in your life. And as you do that, you're thinking about yourself right there, right? I mean, because you, you're jacked up. <laughs> you've got to get free before you begin to think about other people. Then when you begin to get free, then you say, well, what am I really here for? And God's word and, and people begin to help you see that God has a plan and a pathway for your life so you find freedom. And then, as you do, you step into the gifts and callings that God has and you begin to make a difference. But what does the church do to facilitate this, we'll call it a pathway for discipleship? Because this is really, we're trying to break it down and make it so simple. The church, what do we provide? Anybody just yell out, what do we do to help you know God? The main thing. I'm glad I'm teaching you today. I'm getting us on the same page, okay? Our primary pathway to helping people know God the way we see it, our job as a church is to provide Sunday services. Sunday services where people can come in here and get saved and all those things you yelled out, where they can come and hear about Jesus and get saved. Okay, that, and, and we worship God here to collectively together, and we learn to know God here. Now, I'm not saying there's not other ways. I'm just saying, what is the church providing? Now I'm looking at it from the church's perspective, because God has given us pathways to help you become a disciple. So we provide Sunday services, celebratory services, where we just shout and, and praise God, and, and we talk about things that are important. Okay, how do we help you find freedom? Anybody know? Well, yeah, Jesus is the answer to everything. Somebody said life groups. That's the right answer. That's the church's pathway to help you find freedom. Uh, it's iron sharpening iron. Uh, 
you know, you're going to get a little bit from what I preach on Sunday mornings, but is it really going to impact your life as a disciple? Maybe, but you get hands-on when you go to these life groups. I just went to the men's life group this past Thursday. There were men in there ministering to another man, and they were all sharing their life experiences, making an impact in his life in a way that can't happen with just one man talking, okay? And it's getting to know one another. And, and everybody sharing what they can share of their life. You know what's happened to you in your life needs to be shared. And I always say, if you say, well, I've done nothing but wrong in my life, well, then share what not to do. But you share. Everybody is important in the disciple-making process. You're going to have somebody helping disciple you, and you're discipling others. So life groups are the way that we really connect as individuals. Does that make sense? Instead of just saying, hey, how you doing, brother? And thinking we know each other. We've been going to church together for 20 years. But then we, it breaks down and we don't really know each other. But you'll learn real quick in a life group. You'll learn everybody in your group. And it'll, it'll help disciple you. So life groups help you find freedom from all the, the bondage in your life. So what do we do to help people discover their purpose? What is our primary way? I'm, thank you. Next step classes. They're held every Sunday at 1.30. There'll be one today, and we, we do it right there in the sanctuary at 1.30. And I teach them predominantly. Uh, and every first Sunday is the first next step. Every second Sunday is the second next, next step on all through the first four Sundays. And if there's a fifth Sunday, we take off. But uh, what is the, this, the third? No, this is the fourth Sunday. Okay, so it'll be the fourth next step. The first next step is all about the church what we believe so that you feel comfortable here, that, that we're a good match for each other, and you're given the opportunity to be a member of the church. The second next step is all about you. We discover your gifts and purposes. Uh, we talk about what God has done and what you mean to him and all those things and build you up so that you see that you have something to offer. And then in the third next step, we put we make those two together. We say, okay, now that you know that you have gifts and callings and you know the church is here, how do we put you together with the church so that you can work along in as a group? We can work together. And how do we play good together in the sandbox, you know? Because that's important because, you know, you know got, people got different ideas about how, how to work together and uh, how to be humble, you know, and how to be a team player. And all those things are in the third next step. So our next step classes really get everybody on the same page at the church. I think mostly everybody's probably been through that except for a few folks. If you hadn't been through it, go through it. If you haven't, if you haven't been through it in a while, go through it again just to get refreshed about what we're doing here at the Passion Church. We talk about our banners and, and what God has shown us. Okay, so we discover our purpose. Then how do we facilitate and make a pathway for you to use all that to make a difference? Because you, you want your life to matter, don't you? Outreaches, that's, that's one thing we provide. We, we go to the jailhouse. I mean, some of our best preachers in here have learned to preach down at the jailhouse, um, down at the nursing homes, down at the troubled youth centers, when we do sidewalk stories. Okay, we've been cut way back because of COVID this year, but that doesn't mean we're putting that on, you know, permanent hold. It's just temporary. We're an outreach church. We'll always be reaching people for the gospel. But another way is passion teams. Um, a lot of people don't even know the structure but what it takes to put together a good church. But we have a media team, we have a sound team, we have a praise team, we have guest services, which are ushers, we have children's workers, we have the um, 
keepers of the house who make it smell good in here for you on Sunday. They come during the week and stuff. There's teams. We work together as a team to make all of this possible. Does that make sense? And God wants to use you in the church. It may not be your final destination, you know, being an usher, but it's getting, giving you an understanding that you can serve God, and it's getting you a starting place. And then you can... You can uh, let me just say this. As we do all these things and you get invited, I mean, in, involved, not you are invited. <clears throat> as everyone gets involved, then we will begin to grow as a church. You see, movement equals growth. Some churches measure their success by how many people come on a Sunday. But you can have 10,000 people in an auditorium, but if none of them are actively discipling someone or being, being a disciple, then you just got a crowd. But we don't want a crowd. We want a congregation. We want a, a people, a core. We want to develop disciples, and that's what Jesus wants to do. He talked to the crowds, but he worked with the twelve. Does that make sense? And he made disciples. And so uh, we measure our success by your movement around here. How many people we see growing to the next step, and that's what our life group leaders focus on, is you getting to the next step in your development of, uh, of a disciple. What was I saying before I interrupted myself? There was something else I was going to say, but anyway, does that, that all make sense to everybody? So if I ask you, what is our pathway to finding freedom, what would you say? Say it out loud. If I ask you what our pathway is to uh, discovering purpose, to making a difference, passion teams and outreaches. All right. So, and, and who gave us these ideas? He did. He really did. If you look at these banners, um, God has developed this in us. God is saying, this is, okay, you are discipleship factory. And these are the processes we put in place. You know, if you're making cars, you got somebody putting the engines together. you got somebody building the frame. And then they begin to put them together. And there's processes as you, as you go down the assembly line. Well, that's the assembly line that God has given us to be a church that actually makes disciples instead of just gathers a crowd. We're glad you're in the building, and don't get me wrong, if you're not involved in any of these things, we're glad you're in the building, but we will jump for joy when you jump on the pathway. That's what we're really after. Uh, that's why the American church has grown so boring and dull to many people. That's why you got to beg people to come to church. Oh, I went to church. I, you know, I can't, can't stay awake in church and all this. Why? Because it's just, uh, just a place where they come and, and they feed me. Feed me. Give me something. But Christianity was never about you. It's about you decreasing so that he can increase so that you could reach out. Am I making any sense today? I know this is just a teaching. I know this ain't a shouting message. But this is something, a foundation that we have to to get into us, and you are mostly core members of this church that are coming during this pandemic, okay? You are the people who've stood, stuck with us, and, and the ones on the live stream are still here. And we got to get this in our DNA. Because you know what? There's young ministers in this church today that need, 
people that we need to be planting and starting new churches and stuff, but until we can get this one rolling, we don't have the resources to do it. And there's things that God wants to do in your life. You know, we thought that we wanted an easy church. Just give me an easy church where I go sit and I, I put in my 45 minutes to an hour, I clock in, I do God a favor, and then I can just go home. And we wanted the preacher to tickle our ears and tell us how to get rich or tell us how to live successful, how to have joy. We thought that's what we wanted, but that was our flesh talking. Your spirit really wants to do the things of God and not just hear about them. And I really believe I'm looking at a group of people who wants to change the world. Let's talk about our banners just for a moment. I know this is weird and he ain't going to be able to focus on me this close. It's okay. We're a warm, fun-loving family. Would you say that's true? Were you greeted warmly when you came in? Okay, good. Uh, did that just happen by accident? That we, we just said we're, God said we're this. This came through prayer. God said this is what you are. We, we were that a little bit, but we started preaching on it. We got it in our hearts and we became it. We, we were, through faith, became what we saw, what God showed us. It's like, what was it? Uh, Jacob, who held up that stick, so the sheep looked at it, and they became what they saw. That's a story I ain't got time to get into. Okay. And then we're eager to reach out and restore everyone. To us, everyone matters. We're not turning away anybody. We're a hospital of hope to get people. But this is the part that I love. We're a fire igniting the passionate pursuit of true purpose in people's lives. See, I'm trying to light a fire today to let you know that you have a true purpose. And it's not just coming to church to get yours. And I'm telling you how to begin to jump for joy in your life. To have that joy. There's no joy like doing the gospel. Hearing the gospel is good. But doing the gospel is better. What? Let's talk about our what banner. If you don't know about our banners, God over a couple of years period through a bunch of preaching and praying and series that I preached began to reveal uh, our, our, he answered our questions. We didn't even know we were doing it at the time. But this is what we do. We're here to develop Jesus' heart in you. What's Jesus' heart? It's what we do. We come and learn that we may go and teach. We're not here just to get ours. We're here to get ours so we can give it to you. To go and teach, making true disciples who will take up their cross and follow the Lord. Is it making sense to you? We're a discipleship factory. Now, if I asked some of you, I, I was to say, I'd call you out and say, here, take the mic and you finish the service. Come up here and preach. Some of you be like, you're embarrassing me, Pastor. I'm not coming back to that church. Uh, uh, you'd be making excuses. But there's others that if I even brought the mic around you, you'd snatch that bad boy out of my hand like a crocodile on the banks of the Serengeti, snatching a wildebeest. Give me that thing, Pastor. Let me get up here and testify. Let me show them what God showed me this week. You see the difference? 
Those are people that have been on this pathway that we're talking about. They're going around the wheel. And it breeds confidence. They're instant in season and out of season. They're ready with the gospel. It means everything to them. Building God's kingdom. These people make Jesus jump for joy. I can't let Joe see it. <clears throat> I used to be the same way, Joe. I used to go to the jail. I've been going to the jail for almost 15 years now I'm preaching on Sunday nights, just like you are. And I learned to preach, and I saw people saved. And it does something to you you can't take away. It makes you different. And I tell you what, when Pastor Paul used to preach, Pastor Billy used to preach, Pastor Buddy used to preach, pastors before me, great men of God, I'd be sitting in that congregation, I'd say, call me up, Pastor. Everything he was saying, boy, I had something to say too. I was just waiting for my opportunity to share. Not you, Pastor. So what do I do, you say? Well, leave consumer Christianity behind. And get on the pathway. If this is your church, if this is your church and you know God called you here, why are you resisting the pathway? If our pathway is through life groups, next step classes, and teens, and outreaches, why are you resisting what the Holy Ghost is trying to do in your life? I'm so glad. I mean, I'm not fussing because I, I'm looking at people that are on that pathway for the most part. I am really excited about the people in this room. I really am. It gives you the confidence to be the best you, the one you were called to be. It gives you the confidence to start a conversation with the lost, to invite people to church. Some people really have a, even struggled just inviting someone to church. They, they're so fearful of man and rejection. What if they think I'm crazy or this or that? Fear of man. The pathway will begin to erode the fear in your life and replace it with courage. These things are meant, God. this is God's plan to mold you and shape you into a fearless God chaser. Share what you got. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 is probably the most explanatory passage about discipleship in the Bible. Pastor Paul at one time wanted to call our church Church 222. I, I thought that was a beautiful name because it's 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. In other words, I'm preaching the truth, and you can go to the Bible and see it for yourself. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel, go into all the world and make disciples. It's all there for you to see, everything I'm telling you, right? I'm preaching to you things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses, including the Holy Ghost. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. Does it stop there? 
It's not enough just for you to teach it to them, but it's you teaching it to them so that they can be able to pass it on to others. That is the law of, what is it called? What's the word? Not just multiplication growth, but uh, exponential growth. That it just doesn't stop. God called Abraham because he said, Abraham, I know you'll teach your children after me. That was the main qualification for Abraham, that he had faith and that he would teach his children after him. This gospel cannot be sat on. You ever seen a, a pond or something where the, the water, it, it doesn't have a way in or out? What does it do? Begin to grow moss and scum. It gets putrid and animal dies in it or something there's nothing to wash away all it just becomes gross stagnant but the word of god is flowing he says it's like a, a river of living water coming from your belly like a living it's living water flowing out of you into others who will preach others we can't stop the gospel. The, the buck stops with me, but not the gospel. The buck, when, when I said the buck stops here, I meant the devil's reign in my life stopped here. And God's began. Right? What else do I do, Pastor? Well, Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait. Until you be endued with power from on high. He knew in the flesh we do not have what it takes to truly operate in the power of God. So he said, but, but wait. But wait, there's more. I'm going to send my spirit to live in your heart. You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You stiff-necked people who, who, who always resist the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm, I'm talking to some of these churchgoers that we got in America that always resist anything spiritual because they can't see it and touch it and taste it. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And we believe our God is a supernatural God. And we believe our God sends us His Spirit to live on the inside of us to make us more than overcomers. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that's living in me. And you resist the Holy Spirit. You resist Jesus himself. It's his spirit. Fill me, Jesus. I can't do this by myself. Do not resist the Holy Ghost. Be baptized with him. Be filled with him every day. Just more and more. Less of me, more of you. I decrease. You increase in me. Cry out for a filling. A fresh filling. For an initial baptize of the Holy Ghost in your life. You need it. He said, don't leave Jerusalem and get out there messing my gospel up without the power. But boy, when that, 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 that room got filled with the Holy Ghost. The sound of a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire on their head. They left out of that building. 3,000 people got saved that day. I ain't going to say what I'm finna say. 3,000 people got saved today. How long have we been back here? Do we need the power of the Holy Ghost? What if?
you got on the pathway. What if everybody got on the pathway? What if everybody took the things God's doing here seriously and got filled with the Holy Ghost? And stop resisting. Stop resisting. I guess that should be the title of today's message. Stop resisting what God wants to do in your life. The Holy Ghost will help you see people. You know what I mean when I say see people? When I'm in the flesh, I don't see people at all. I'll go to Walmart. I'll be wanting to cut in line. You know, they ain't paying attention. I'll be just thinking about me. Oh, don't get that one. That's the last one. I'm going to get that. I'm going to rush and get it before they do. I'm just, and I may walk all through Walmart past all these hurting people and never see a one of them. But when the Holy Ghost, I'm, I'm, I'm walking in the spirit where there's life and peace, I'll begin to see people. I'll see that lady that's walking with a slight limp, and I'll say, let me go pray for her. I'll see the one that's got a sad look in her eye. Or maybe that mean cashier that's not being very polite at all. Instead of, instead of me giving her an eye and making it worse, maybe I say, is everything all right today? Can I pray for you? You see what I'm saying? See people. It was Hagar, Sarai's maid, that became pregnant with Ishmael. That's another long story we had to get to one day. You probably know the story, but she weren't, he, he weren't the right heir. He was, a, he was a child developed by human passions, but God wanted to, to make Isaac the child of promise, the, the heir to the promises of Abraham, and the bloodline flow through him. I'm getting off track. Anyway, Sarah said the girl's got to go with her child because they were mocking those who wanted to be free. And so Hagar went out into the wilderness. Abraham stocked her up with water and a donkey and everything, and they went out into the wilderness, but they must have got lost out there because they were out there so long that they ran out of water, and they were about to die. They were on the backside of the wilderness all alone. And Hagar can't stand the fact that her, her young child, Ishmael, is about to die, so she goes off from him instead of watching him die. And on the backside of nowhere, the angel of the Lord, which I believe is a pre-incarnate form of the Lord Jesus Christ, came down and said, don't worry. I'm going to make a great nation out of Ishmael. I'm going to take care of you. And Hagar called the angel of the Lord the God who sees me. El Roya. The God who sees me. Even when I'm in the backside of the desert. Did, did he come did he come for you when you was so close to him, or did he come from you for you when you were far away? Where did you meet him at? He's the Lord who sees you. And he's trying to teach us to be people who see people. You know, Jesus, he saw Zacchaeus in the tree. He was just a wee little man. But Jesus noticed. Jesus saw potential in the woman at the well. When the disciples says, why are you talking to her? They wanted to say it. Why are you talking to a woman? Men don't talk to women. Out in public back then. But Jesus saw potential in her. He saw worth in the demoniac, in the tombs. He saw worth in the woman cast at his feet 
in the act of adultery. Not right at his feet, but before him. He saw worth in these people. He didn't cast them aside. He didn't just mark them off as a bad portion of his day. He saw them. He saw the children when the disciples were trying to push him away. These are just children. They don't, need, they don't get to the things of God. They don't get to teachings of Jesus. Let's just put them in the nursery somewhere and, and not pay attention to them. No, no. Jesus sees the little children. He says, let them come unto me and don't stop them at all. Let them come unto me full-fledged. Let them learn early. And Jesus saw blind Bartimaeus sitting over here in a ditch behind a crowd. Don't matter where you're at, Jesus sees you. He knows you. He feels your pain. He wants good for you. He loves you. He wants to be with you. Jesus looked your way when you couldn't even look in the mirror. You didn't even want to see yourself. So what am I saying? How do we wrap this up? Don't resist the Holy Ghost. Get on the pathway. Join a life group. Take the next step classes, for goodness sake. Join a passion team. Hey, why don't you get with the program? How, don't, how, how come we don't all just do this together? How long will you just sit there and think you're doing God a favor by showing up? When you get to, to heaven on judgment day and you stand before Jesus Christ himself, are you going to say, Jesus, look at my church attendance? Are you going to say, Jesus... Give me some Bible trivia. I know everything about the Bible. I heard the preacher preach for 40 years. No. As your pastor, I want you to be able to cast meaningful crowns at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to see him jump for joy when you do. I want your life to make Jesus jump for joy. And it's there for each and every one of you. You may say, I don't have anything. But you ain't been to the next step classes. We'll prove you do. You may say, nobody likes me. Come to the life group. I'll show you a bunch of people who do. You say, I can't make a difference. I don't have any gifts and talents. Look around. Neither do I. It's not me. It's Christ in me. <laughs> Get on the bus and Gus and make a new friend. Lead somebody to Christ this year. Look, disciples reproduce. If you're not reproducing, then you're really not a disciple. You're part of the crowd, maybe, but you're not a disciple. You're really not taking up your cross. You're really not following Jesus. In the beginning, God said, be fruitful and multiply. And now that you're born again, be fruitful and multiply other people being born again. This is our long-term vision. We'll become a name synonymous with Love, hope, purpose, and family, a place to find the real Jesus all over the world. We will plant, and I'm, I'm talking about all over the world. I know we're back here, you can't find us on a GPS. <laughs> but God starts with a seed. 
We will plant churches wherever God leads by developing passionate people. What are they passionate about? They pursuit of true purpose in their life. Passionate people, true to our core values, the, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, who will continually expand and reproduce. They'll teach people who will teach others. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. You're holding yourself back by not being on the pathway, and you're holding other people back in the church. Who should be, we should be planting a church right now with some of these great ministers that we have in, the, in our body. But we don't have the finances to do it. We don't have the amount of people. We don't have what it takes because we're not pulling together. And everybody is not. It don't take but just a few people. It took 12 disciples to shake up the whole world. But they were all in, you understand. They were willing to give their lives for what they believed. The program that God had for them. Joe, this is funny, ain't it? <laughs> it's funny to him because he knows it's true. And it might not be funny to you because I, you feel like I'm stepping on your toes. But it's better than kicking you in the behind. <laughs> but either way, I'll do it if I have to. Because I want you to make Jesus jump for joy on Judgment Day. I want you to make Jesus jump for joy on Judgment Day. And I'm not going to get up here on Judgment Day and say, Lord, I didn't tell him. I believe so strongly in the banners and, and that God has given us. I believe so strongly in our processes. I believe with all my heart, everything that we're doing, the foundations that we have laid here at Passion Church are of God. And if I thought they weren't, we'd cut them out. I have no desire to do anything but please God. And so, I'm giving you a little nudge if you need it. Stop resisting and get with the program. Now, what's the first thing that we talked about? Getting filled with the Holy Ghost. If you want to be a true disciple, you want, to, you want to make a commitment today to get with the program here at the Passion Church. If this is not your church, then that's fine. But I would encourage you to get with the program at your church. But if, if you're serious and you mean business, then I want you to stand to your feet right now and begin to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to talk you into it, but if, this is, if you're serious about the pathway forward, then the first thing we need is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and just ask Him. Just, just like you received your salvation, say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.